You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue View's audio lineup. The first day of the NFL Combine is complete, and I, Joe DeLeon, am here with Chris Flum to recap and share our winners from day one of the NFL Combine. That was the wide receivers, the tight ends, and the quarterbacks. So, Chris, let's get to the tight end group first. There's not really like a notable big name elite guy. There's no Kyle Pitts in this year's class, but it's a very good, deep, tight end group and if the Giants want to reconcile their tight end situation with Evan Ingram heading to the door this is the time for them to do it this is probably a good class to maybe grab someone on day three and of the group of guys that had really good performances that I want to hit on here first the big one for me is definitely Jelani Woods from Virginia (laughs) who's 6'7 253 had uh, 24 reps on the bench was the which was the most for a tight end and that's as one of the biggest tight ends, and then ran a four six one. Also, got to mention Greg Dolchich, Dolchich from UCLA, uh, Chigo Ziem Onko Onko Wonko. I'm I'm sorry if I mispronounced. That's easily the hardest name to pronounce. Why did Why did you have to put him on the list? Besides the fact that he had the fastest forty, <laughs> I I could not. <laughs> you just I, wanted to trip me up. That's what it was. <laughs> But the last couple of guys, Trey McBride from Colorado State looked really good. Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. And then we didn't get runs from from those guys, including Jalen Weiermeyer from Texas A&M. But that's the group of guys that looked really good in this tight end class. Yeah, like you said, this isn't a class that has a blue chip. Yeah. Uh, pace setter for the class that you know uh, Trey McBride is probably the best all-around tight end but he doesn't stand out the way that Kyle Pitts or uh, TJ Hawkinson did in their respective drafts this is just a really thoroughly talented draft class where there might not be a first round tight end selected but you're going to get some really good guys on the second round yeah jelani woods he i think made himself some money Mm. yeah he was a shrine game guy and yeah he caught my eye you know one year at virginia he started as a dual threat quarterback for oklahoma state added probably about 80 pounds or so got up into the well, that's maybe exaggerating a little bit, but he was really lanky when he got to Oklahoma or OK State. And yeah, you know, now mid 250s, he could probably be 260 easy, really fast. Yeah, he is just an enormous tight end. Dulcic, he's he might have been the smoothest athlete out there. He was just pretty to watch. And Okonkwo, yeah. He he's just fast. Okonkwo like, is that how we're I, I, that's how they were pronouncing it on the broadcast. So that's what I'm going to go with. Um, Onko, yeah, Okonkwo. 
I yes. th- he was the only name I didn't ha- hear. Out of- I sound like such an idiot trying to. Pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. <laughs> yeah, it, it's late, and uh, but we can br- we can blame the NFL Network. Yeah, but, yeah. but then the, the guys that didn't run, I was surprised to see Isaiah Likely not run, uh, just because athleticism is his calling card. Like he is a really athletic dude. I've had the chance. I've been able to see him play in person. Yeah. Coastal, the way they ran their offense, he, they actually took him off the field on some of their running plays, which they run basically a triple option offense. So there were more than a few plays where you'd expect to see him on the field and he wasn't, but when he was on the field, he absolutely drew attention. Everybody paid attention to him and he still produced like he was their big play threat as a tight end. And, you know, granted the level of competition Coastal played against, but he was still good. He can, he shows up. And again, Trey McBride, he's gotten a lot of press and Jalen Weidemeyer, he stands out on tape, but I I believe it was uh, Charles Davis who pointed out he has big plays, but he also has big drops. So, you know, just kind of take that as you will. Now, can we move on to wide receivers? Well, I just want (laughs) to, I I know that the the wide receivers are definitely going to be the hot topic here, but uh, just to kind of recap the stuff that you said there, Isaiah likely was definitely, I was shocked that he didn't run a 40 time because he probably would have had one of the best tight end times. He probably would have ran in the four fives because he's a really, really good athlete. But we, we saw that on display in the drills. Uh, but overall though, for me, Chris, biggest winner of the day, Jelani Woods from Virginia. I was really impressed with him, not only with his athletic testing, but the way that he looked in those drills. He's somebody who I want to go watch his tape because I haven't. I, I didn't really know a whole lot about him coming into today. Uh, and I want to see what that tape really shows because I almost wonder if he could be somebody that should be on the radar for the Giants later in these rounds because they probably shouldn't prioritize tight end early, but rather maybe should wait a little bit. So if he's there round four, I think that that, that could be a, a nice grab. But Chris, you're... You're talking about these receivers, and it was pretty bonkers when the second group ran. The first group was it was okay. We got some fast times from Memphis receiver Calvin Austin and Jahan Dotson were in the four threes. Jahan Dotson from Penn State, and I they were two winners that I wrote down in my notes. Uh, Sky Moore looked pretty good. Traylon Burks was underwhelming with his testing and his hand size because he ran in the four fives, and he was supposed to be this. 4-3 athlete. He was supposed to have 11-inch hands. Doesn't show up with that, but then he goes out there. He runs his routes really crisply. Um, he has a number of really good grabs. Like He just looked really smooth and polished, which is why he's still a first-round caliber receiver. But we have a possible broken record with the 40-yard dash, and that was coming from the Baylor receiver Taekwon Thornton, who apparently run a four two, ran a four two one. I don't have the verified time yet, but that in and of itself is freaking nuts. But we also had Chris Olave, who I thought was fast, but like four four fast, and he ran a four two six in peace. He said, "I'm done. I'm not running a second one." But the big one for me, Chris, is the fact that Christian Watson, who again I thought was going to run a four four, and that was going to be fast for him. This dude ran a 428 at six foot four and 215 pounds. That is unnatural. And the whole time I saw him on the field, I just saw a really, really smooth operator, a guy that looked calm, looked like he'd been there before. 
this kid is going early second. I'm locking it in now. There's no way he makes it past middle of the second round. Yeah, no, absolutely not. This is an absolutely insanely athletic wide receiver class. And we just saw Cooper Cup take over the NFL with a 4-6-40. So raw speed is not everything. But when you watch these guys out there running, it's hard to not get excited. Just seeing athletes do athletic things. And, you know, you, you talked about Chris Olave. You know, that was really surprising. I'm with you. I was thinking a 4-4 would be a great time for him. And then he breaks out a 4-2-6. But, you know, Christian Watson, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati runs a 4-3-3, I think it was. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, that... these times were absolutely insane. Now I wouldn't be surprised to see them adjusted upwards when we finally get the official times, which I'm hoping that's not the case because that Uh, really ruined my night. (laughs) Yeah. It it would be great if this was just a historically athletic class. Yeah. Chris Olave, he brought, he definitely, I think secured himself a first round draft pick. Now we do have to circle to, Christian Watson, just because, as you said, him running a four-two-eight at his size is absolutely insane. You know, we talked about him with Nick after the Senior Bowl with his body control and flexibility and ability to lower his hips and bend and gain separation with his routes, but also having that kind of speed. Which I knew he was a track guy. You know, I he's actually originally from uh, Tampa. So, you know, get your Mike Evans comparisons ready. But you know, he was originally a track guy and went to North Dakota State. I believe he had a really good 100-yard time. Mm-hmm. So him having this kind of speed isn't – yeah, him being fast isn't a surprise. Him being this fast is a surprise. Uh, Kent Lee Platt, I believe he used to write for Pride of Detroit. Uh, he's kind of on his own now as far as I know. Uh, he's the one who puts together the uh, RAS scores, the relative athletic yes. scores. Yes. As At least with these unofficial times, Christian Watson has the second highest recorded wide receiver score. He's only just behind Calvin Johnson. Holy crap. Yes. <laughs> that's and, where we are right now. <laughs> right. And, that, and that's stylistically, that's not a, a comparison, but athletically that really, really sums up Christian Watson, how much of a freak he is. And he, he had a really crazy broad time too. Like, I think he had like 11 foot something, which is really nuts. And Chris, I tweeted this out and I don't think this is a hot take. I, I shouldn't be, but Christian Watson was, was without a doubt the biggest winner out of anybody today. Uh, I, I thought that he looked really good in these drills. His athletic testing was above the expectations that I had. And I had set pretty high expectations. I did a couple of radio spots these past couple of weeks and I kept bringing him up and saying, you know, kind of given like a, a, a rough range of where he was going to be at. And he well went over those, those ranges that I was throwing out there for his testing. So Christian Watson, I'm going to keep banging the table for this kid. I don't know if the giants draft him or not, but he is going to be a very, very talented prospect if a team can really hone in on his on his skills and his athleticism because that is so rare to be able to move at that size. Yeah, that, that really has been what has always stood out to me. Just the ability, his ability to move and to just, he's not DK Metcalf. Well, for one, he's faster than Metcalf at least based on the unofficial times. But Metcalf was has always been kind of stiff. He doesn't corner really well. He's a dragster. Uh, 
it's tough to make a comparison for Christian Watson other than Calvin Johnson, just based on his ability to manipulate his body, to move in space, to change his center of gravity and corner. Like he, he just moves so uniquely. In fact, uh, yesterday, Nick and I were talking to Ed about Christian Watson, Watson and Nick brought up how many, uh, carries Watson got on, you know, uh, jet sweeps and, you know, receptions behind the line of scrimmage, that sort of thing. And Ed brought up Debo Samuel. And I was like, uh, I'm, yeah. in some ways, yes, but also the body type is just so different. That is, a, that's a difficult comparison to make. It's tough to talk about Christian Watson, especially now without going into hyperbole. So, mm-hmm. yeah. He is going to be really interesting. I hope he lands on a team with a great wide receiver coach so they can get all of these tools completely harnessed because he has the potential to be a really great receiver in the NFL. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And I think the one issue with Christian Watson was that he just was underutilized at North Dakota State. Having covered North Dakota State this past year, they were a really run-heavy team. Their best statistical player during their playoff run when they won a national championship was Hunter Lupke, who is their starting fullback. The guy had multiple, like, three rushing touchdown games. He had all these huge rushing performances. They're a running football team. They had two quarterbacks that both ran the football really well. They didn't do a whole lot of throwing to Christian Watson because they didn't need to. That wasn't the identity of the team. So Christian Watson was just there. He was a piece to a team that was a running football team. But Watson has that ability, I think, to be a really, really good receiver at the next level on a team that is going to throw the ball a lot more than they did at uh, North Dakota State. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Watson was absolutely a sleeper coming into today i don't think he's a sleeper anymore yeah there's no way he would have been a sleeper if he had gone to alabama or ohio state with those two quarterbacks throwing the ball he he would absolutely be in the conversation for a first round pick i think especially with the type of coaching he would get at those schools again not to disparage north dakota state they're a they're a great program they dominate the fds he just well, wasn't used. He exactly. just wasn't used like a receiver would be, a dominant receiver would be. I could t- I totally agree with that. It's it's not a talent level thing. It's just they ran the hell out of the football. It was a lot of have fullback power and 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 like yeah, heavy right. run sets and QB keeper. Like it was just like total North Dakota State football, which is 
run your ass into the ground. Exactly. They, they were just kind of a meat grinder of an offense. Right, right. And there's a, another, there's a North Dakota State offensive lineman, I think, that'll be, you know, plays into that mentality, Cordell Volson, who's at the Combine. So we'll, we'll probably end up talking about him. But these quarterbacks, Chris, to, to round out, uh, I, I was saying to you beforehand that I just, it's tough for me to really have like a winner for the quarterbacks because they're throwing on air. There's, there's really no pressure in these situations. And I thought the group overall just looked fine. Um, it, there was nobody that looked terrible it, that was out there today, except maybe some guys that probably aren't going to get drafted. But of like the big name players, I mean, Malik Willis, Carson Strong, Kenny Pickett, those guys look, uh, Desmond Ritter, they looked pretty good for what we knew or they were expecting. They were off on some throws. They flashed their arm strength. They, they kind of got into this one spot where they were all trying to show off who had the, the most powerful arm when they were throwing that go route. Um, but I, I thought it was just a decent day across the board. I think we're kind of still where we were coming into the week um, on the on the main crop of quarterbacks. Yeah, I think the real work on these quarterbacks is going to have to be done in the film room or yeah, in the interview rooms, getting these guys on the whiteboard right. and seeing who can translate to the NFL game, uh, really digging into their tape and you know seeing who has the traits to translate. Yeah, I'll say... Of the guys throwing, like you said, they they were all fine. I don't think anybody torpedoed themselves, and I don't think anybody, you know, really vaulted themselves. They, I feel the same way about them now as I did coming in. Yeah, Malik Willis, he is absolutely dripping with uh, with upside. You can just see the tools with him. Yeah, you can even though he didn't work out, you can still tell he is a Mm -hmm. great athlete. He's a twitchy athlete. And you can see the ball just jump off of his hands when he's throwing. He's got a good throwing motion. He has the ability to be quite accurate. And when he takes some off the ball, when he's not trying to throw it through the receiver's hands, and I don't mean between them. I mean, like, through the hand physically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's he got a really nice catchable ball. And I, I'm not really worried about his accuracy. Uh the big story of the day, I think, was uh, Kenny Pickett's hands coming in at eight and a half inches. Mm-hmm. Just uh, that is small for an NFL quarterback. No two ways about it. I honestly still don't have a whole hell of a lot of problem with that just because he throws a nice tight spiral. I, honestly, he throws a tighter spiral than Eli Manning ever did. It, he's got plenty of arm strength, maybe not as much as Malik Willis or Carson Strong, but he can throw the deep ball. He can drive it in the intermediate area. It's fine. And he didn't. Yeah, Pittsburgh is not known for its nice weather. Yeah, it's not San Diego. So he played in just nasty central Pennsylvania weather, and he didn't have a ball security problem. Yet yeah, he wears gloves. Okay. Yeah, and just speaking personally, we both kind of have the same hand structure. His palm is not small; he just has short fingers. Yeah, I, I think that that concern is a lot. It was more dampened after getting to see him throw, and so I, I, I'm not too worried about it. I, I think that he's going to end up over overcoming that stigma after it, it we move past the combine. But uh, some other two guys, two FCS guys that I, I we of course need to to bring up. Cole Kelly from Southeastern Louisiana. That dude's freaking massive. <laughs> um, I still kind of think that this kid's going to play tight end uh, at the next level. And 
He was previously at Arkansas. I think he got into some trouble, and then he transferred to Southeastern Louisiana. He had to compete for the starting job and then split time with a guy who he was a lot better than. And then he ends up taking over and starting. And in his full, first full year as a starter, he was the Walter Payton uh, player of the year, which is the best player in the FCS, offensive player in the FCS. And he had another good, really, really good year this past year. I just, I still don't think it's all there for him as a quarterback. I think he's going to, if he wants to make it in the NFL, he should probably play tight end because he's six seven. He's like 260 pounds. Um, but the other one too, EJ Perry, we got to see that this is a, a really good athlete. And I kind of tweeted out about how I played against EJ Perry in, in college, my final year. And that Brown team that we played against was one of the worst Brown teams that we've ever faced. They were not good, but EJ Perry managed to keep every single play alive because he was such a good athlete. I was telling you, Chris, before we hopped on that, I think he had like five fourth down conversions in that game when we thought that we had him. And he's just that type of player that's going to resurrect the team in those situations. I, I could totally see this dude having like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of a type of a sneak up. And I, I think that he's somebody to keep an eye on that. Like the giants probably won't draft a quarterback high, but like heck draft this kid at the, in the seventh, sixth, seventh round. And maybe he ends up being Ryan Fitzpatrick. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching him and thinking I'm kind of getting Gardner Minshew vibes off of him. Yeah. Yeah, it just in his game, not with the the mustache and the whole Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Very, <experience>. different <laughs> Very different persona. Very different persona. But just the uh, the the ability he throws a very nice ball. He's a good athlete, and you know, like you said, he does have that kind of Ryan Fitzpatrick, which Fitzpatrick and Minshew are also kind of the same player. So I. I'm with you. I think EJ Perry is a, is a guy to keep an eye on. Like, if there's one late round quarterback who I think could come in and you know maybe in an emergency take the field and surprise the hell out of a lot of people, I think it really could be Perry. Yeah, yeah, Perry. I think definitely could be a, a, a nice gem in this in this quarterback class, folks. That's going to be it from us recapping day one of the NFL combine be sure to stay up to date by subscribing so you catch all of our reactions to the performances on the field talk to you later folks enjoy the rest of your week First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. 
and in this presidential election season, the current explores what a national political advertiser, like the National Republican Senatorial Committee, and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 